Welcome back to a Mavs Outsider Podcast with your host Dustin. Doing a post-game pod for the Mavs loss against the Chicago Bulls on Wednesday night. I'm actually recording this on Thursday night, so uh, we'll get into what we saw and what problems this team continues to face. Um, We'll get into that right now. So... Obviously, the Mavericks can't beat the good teams. Um, And the first game of the season, obviously, you know, Atlanta, for whatever reason, is struggling. I I don't know what it is, but Dallas lost to them. But uh, as far as, like, the good teams, though, you know, they lost to Denver, they lost to Miami, and then they lost to the Bulls. Um, you know, they play San Antonio, and we'll get into that later. But then their schedule gets a little rough. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, and I guess we can get into the game here in a minute, but I feel like the they're not going to make any changes while they still have a winning record. You know, um, you know they're 6-4. and four. They're probably in a better position than some people thought they were going to be in or they're 7 and 4, sorry. They're 7 and 4. They're in a better position than most people probably thought they would be. They're starting better than they did last year, but a lot of people believe that that 7 and 4 is just a phony a phony stand st- uh standing because they've just beat seven bad teams. Now, they did beat Boston, which is, you know, a good team. And they beat Toronto, who's actually having a pretty decent year. So that that is one positive. Um, now, Boston didn't have Jalen Brown. But, uh, you know, it, it just it goes back to, you know, this team just doesn't have the talent to compete with the better teams. And to me, the offense looks a lot of the same as it did last year. And so I, I don't think you can really blame the offense, or, sorry, I don't think you can really blame the offensive scheme. Now, where I find the f- problem is, obviously, and I brought it up, Dorian Finney-Smith. He was one for five on his threes last night. He scored five points in almost 30 minutes of play. That's not going to translate into a lot of wins. That's not – that's a that, – I mean, you're – the other team's just not going to guard him. You know, if he makes two three-pointers, that's great. Good for him. But, you know, that, that game against Utah, I believe it was last year when they put Gobert on Dorian Finney-Smith and he just didn't cover him. And Dorian Finney-Smith actually hit the shots to make it make him pay. And that was great. But – that was last year. He's not doing that this year. So, Dorian Finney-Smith is not being guarded. Um, he's shooting something like 20% on open threes. And that's what he shot last night was 20% overall. So, like I said, nobody's going to guard him. He was a minus 15. Um, the starting lineup is just awful. Every one of the starters were are minus, And they're all minus every night. Porzingis actually had a decent game. Um, 
he scored 22. He was two for three on his three-pointers, which means he didn't take a bunch of threes, which is really good to see. Um, nine for 16 overall, which is a pretty good percentage. Um, you know, he had a couple free throws. He had 12 rebounds, three on offensive. He had a pretty good game. Um, but, uh, you know, Powell actually had a decent game. He scored 12. The problem is he only got four rebounds. You know, you your starting big has to be able to, you know, rebound. And their starting big can't. Now, I know people argue, well, Porzingis and Luka are getting them. But, you know, it's it's still like I, I just I, I need more paint domination for my center than I get. And I know I'm probably wrong. Somebody who's a pal sympathizer will tell me I'm wrong. That's fine. Um... But that starting lineup is poor. Um, and it starts with Dorian Finney-Smith and Powell. Porzingis actually has been pretty decent this year when he's played. He hasn't been bad. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been up and down. He actually had a good game. He was 5 for 9 on his threes, uh, 21 points. Luka was poor on his threes. He was 1 for 6. Um, 6 for 18 overall. 7 for 10 at the free throw line. He had 10 assists and 8 rebounds. He had four turnovers, which really hurt. He only had 20 points. Um, he's just not playing good right now. I don't know it's because, and, and I, I, I don't know why, but I feel like it's because, you know, the first six minutes of the game and the first six minutes of this third quarter, I mean, that's 12 minutes of the game, at least he's out there with the starting five. And that starting five is poor. It's great that Powell made two three-pointers last night. But Powell's not going to do that every night. So people aren't guarding Powell. People aren't guarding poor, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. They're just not. They're using those two guys to guard Luka. And there's if you go on Twitter, there's plenty of pictures to document this. And it's pretty obvious. Luka's getting doubled and tripled on every play. And it's because these teams know for a fact that the starting lineup is not good. <laughs> you know, the only people that I feel like think that this lineup is good is the organization. I, I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of because they haven't changed it yet. Um, one guy I wanted them to put in the starting lineup was Reggie Bullock. Now, he was 0 for 4 last night. He really struggled with this shot. Um, he had no points. So that really didn't help his case. Brunson, Brunson didn't really have a great game. He was uh, 0 for 1 on his threes, and he was 4 for 8 overall. They only had 12 points, um, but he did have 7 assists, um, which is it's, it's interesting watching Brunson play this year because he plays completely different than he did when Carlisle was the coach. Um, I don't know what his role was when Carlisle was the coach. My guess was is it was to go in and just score, don't worry about passing, because I feel like he's passing more this season, which is a good thing because he's getting the scoring and the passing. And, you know, the bench is the reason they're coming back and, you know, they're in these games, you know, because usually, you know, Bullock's actually played a little better, so, you know, he, he had a bad game, I get it. But, you know, when Brunson... And Bullock and even Nilakina. Nilakina only had four points, but he impacts the game. He's a he was a plus eight in nine minutes. You know, 
why Sterling Brown plays 16 minutes and Neil Aquino only plays 9. I have no idea. I think you could get away with a three-guard, or, you know, I use quotations, a three-guard lineup with Brunson, Neil Aquino, and Doncic. I think you can get away with that because both Luka and Neil Aquino have the ability to guard um, people that are bigger, you know, like small, like threes. And Luka can even guard fours. Luka's actually, he played pretty good defense last night on Vooch and stuff. So, um, Sterling Brown's game last night wasn't bad. It was actually one of his better games. He was one for two on his threes. He was two for three overall. He was actually a plus five. Um, but Neil Aquina needs more than nine minutes. He just does. He's a positive impact, whether it's setting up someone or defending um, another guard on the other team. I mean, Nilakina could probably could defend DeMar DeRozan. He has that ability. You know why he only played nine minutes? I don't know. Because Dorian Finney-Smith isn't the player he used to be. I, I, I don't know what his problem is. But you the this, this lineup's got to be changed. Um, you know, Boban only played two minutes. Brown and Burke and Green, they just got garbage time. Uh, Collie Stein was out there for five minutes. Basically, he looked uninterested. He missed a he missed an alley oop dunk, and he made an alley oop dunk. And that's basically all he did. He got one rebound, two points. Um, why he continues to play, I I don't know. I I I would like I'd like to ask some questions now. No, you know I. What uh, Rick Carlisle was a very, very stubborn coach. Very stubborn coach. But I feel like Jason Kidd is even more stubborn. And, you know, you ask these guys why they do what they do. And instead of giving you an explanation, a lot of times not only do they tell you they're not going to answer it, but they double down. It's like, oh, you think I don't, you think I shouldn't be playing. Dorian Finney-Smith, 30 minutes? Well, now I'm going to play him 40. And it's like, well, you're going to lose by even more. Well, that doesn't matter. You're questioning what I'm doing. So, And it's the, the stubbornness, I'm afraid, is what's going to be the downfall of this team. Um, I don't know if it's stubbornness or if he's coaching, he's coaching this team to not hurt people's feelings. Basically, this team doesn't have any aspirations of winning a title. They have aspirations of being best friends, which if that's what they want to do, that's that's fine. But don't be mad when we think they're a terrible team. Okay, so don't act like we don't know what we're talking about when they go out there and stink. You know, if they want to just be best friends and play basketball regardless of the record, so be it. If that's what they want, so be it. You know, the reason they didn't like Carlisle is Carlisle was a jerk to him. Well, Carlisle wanted results. To me, Jason Kidd just wants everybody to be happy. And if if they're happy, then, you know, if Luca's happy, then he stays. If he's not happy, then he goes. And that's the only thing I can think of, is he's just there to make Luca happy. And if Luca wants his buddy Powell to start, then Powell's starting. If Luca wants his buddy Dorian Finney-Smith to start, then Finney-Smith is starting. You know, the Porzingis thing is kind of weird because it, 
it still doesn't look like Luca and Porzingis get along. I, you know, I'm probably, I, you know, they bring it up and they tell us we're all wrong, and maybe we all are. But their lack of even visual contact with each other on the court is kind of funny. You know, they won't even look at each other. And I know they say it's all blown out of proportion, and it probably is. But the least they could do is at least act like they get along <laughs> instead of acting like they don't. Because they act like they don't. And like I said, they probably do. But they do a really bad job of um, convincing you the way that their body language towards each other. So um, when the year started... Um, I had this team in third. Um, that That's going to be wrong. They're not going to finish third. Um, especially the way this team is playing. They're not hitting shots. Um, obviously hitting shots would cure a lot of things, but at this point you're just asking them to, you know, hit – 40 to 45 percent of their threes every night and they just don't have the personnel to do it and i i don't know if dorian finney smith is on a decline i i don't know i don't know what they're going to do about that i don't know and a lot of people will you know will say well when maxi comes back well yeah when maxi comes back they're still going to have average players you know i like maxi but they're not starting maxi you know, Maxi will get to play over Willie Cauley-Stein, which is a huge upgrade. Well, at least he should. But you're still starting Powell. You know, your starting lineup still is a massive minus. They're a huge minus. And I think somebody put, like, the three-man lineup of Powell, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Luka is one of the worst in the league. And they have, like, the second most minutes. And it's it's just kind of crazy that they continue to play together. You know, sometimes like sometimes last year I thought they used analytics too much. This year they're not, I feel like they're not using them at all. You know, it's like they're not – they don't pay attention to the fact that the starting lineup is bad. I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith, minus 15. Hardaway, minus 11. Luka, minus 20. Porzingis, minus 7. Powell, minus 8. And, you know, Bullock and Brunson were in minus two, but it was, you know, five and six. Uh, the only positives were Nilakina and Sterling Brown somehow. Um, you know, if Sterling Brown can shoot a little bit better, he'd be a really good player. But his, his shooting woes have really kept him from um, really being a consistent player. But like I said, Nilakina should play way more than nine minutes. Way more than nine minutes. Even if you're cutting into ten minutes of Dorian Finney-Smith, give me Frank Nilakina over Dorian Finney-Smith in all of those minutes. So, um, that's what I got to say about last night's game. It was a poor performance. Uh, you know, DeRozan had 17. Vooch, who just tested positive for COVID, which... Makes me wonder if they've tested some of those Mavs players, you know, because Luca and Porzingis and Boban, they all hugged him last night, you know. They're all friends. But Vooch had 18, Levine 23, Ball 21, Caruso 16. I mean, they just, 
they were just better. Um, it, it was it was just one of those things where they're, they're just a better team. And, you know, Dallas had a chance to get DeRozan. They did. Um, I know they're going to tell you they didn't, but they did. They could have had him. Um, they could have just signed him. They could have given him 28. I would have given him 28. I think that's what he got. Um, I would have done things a lot differently in the offseason, but that's just me. But we have the team we have. Uh, it's like when I see, every night I see a stat that Sadiq Bey did this, Tyrese Maxey did that, or Desmond Bain did that, and it's just like, yeah, we got Josh Green. Thanks. You know, he had four points last night. It's awesome. Um, so, how would I fix it? You know, we're, what is it, 11 games in, 7-4. and four. They play a mediocre team tomorrow night in San Antonio. They've beaten San Antonio once already. They're better than San Antonio. Um, there's no doubt about that. They should have no problem. Um, they should have no problem playing San Antonio. Uh, you know, I was trying to see, like, the next ten games because I, I might as well uh, kind of... Um, I guess I could go. I'm having a hard time. Um, gonna have a hard time where uh, finding how you see just one team schedule, but I think I found it. And so coming up, they play San Antonio, but then they got a tough game against Denver again, and then they play Phoenix twice. Phoenix is playing well, and then they play the Clippers twice. The Clippers are playing well. And then they play the Wizards, and then the Cavs. The Cavs are a really good basketball team. Really good basketball team. So, that's seven games in a row against above 500 teams. I, I, think, I think the Cavs are still above 500, even though they lost by one last night to Washington, which was a really good game, or lost by three. It was a really good game. I watched it alongside the the Mavs. Um, I think it was last night, but it it uh, it went down to the end. They're a talented team. They got a talented players, which is funny to say. Uh, you know, every, sometimes I look at a team. I'm like, okay, if I take Luca off our team, how many players on the other team are better? before I get to the best Maverick. And, you know, Denver right now probably has, I would say, two to three. I don't, I don't know, but Aaron Gordon, he's he's okay. But I, I, if I were going to choose, I would take Michael Porter Jr. and Jokic over any Maverick. Um, when I look at Phoenix, they've got so many guys I would take between DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, Booker, even Cam Johnson. I'd love to have Cam Johnson on our on this team. Clippers. Now what's funny is the Clippers, they're kind of a mediocre roster as well. Um 
Paul George has just been playing really good basketball. So, you know, those two Clipper games will be interesting. Um, the Wizards have just really revamped their team. They're a really good basketball team. That team is going to be tough. And not till December 1st and 3rd do they play New Orleans back-to-back. And, you know, I don't know what that New Orleans team is going to look like December 1st and 3rd. I, I doubt Zion will be back because I feel like if Zion were going to be back by then, you'd hear more stories about, oh, he's almost there, but you don't hear it. You hear there's no timetable. So my thought is, is he won't be there. So, you know, New Orleans is still a bad team, and they get two games in a row. But then, you know, they get to play Memphis, and then Brooklyn, and then Memphis. And this could tailspin really, really, really fast, especially after the Spurs game. You know, if they play the Spurs and then lose six straight, heck, even seven straight, I mean, what are fans going to say then? I mean, what's the front office going to say? Or what's Cuban going to say? What are the coaches going to say? You know, what's their excuse going to be? It can't be, well, Luca's just got to play better. That's not a good, that's not, you can't just say one guy's got to be better. You've got to have a better team. And you've got to you've got to change your lineups. You've you've got to you've got to switch things up. Put different players in at different. If you've got a player struggling, guess what? He shouldn't be playing. You know, I get it. Luca can struggle. You can't really take him out because at any moment he could score. You know, twelve straight. But if Dorian Finney-Smith is struggling, you take him out because the, at no point will Dorian Finney-Smith score twelve straight. You know. It's it's you should be giving everybody but Luca and probably even Porzingis because Porzingis can struggle but then he can score, you know, twelve straight points. He has that ability, you know. Not that he's like the greatest player in the world, but he does have the ability to score twelve straight. But so does Brunson. Brunson can go in there and just score at will. But everybody else should have a short leash on him. Every one of all the others should should have a short leash, and. It should be at a point where if a guy's struggling, I don't care who he is. I don't care whose feelings you hurt. If a guy's struggling, you've got to pull him. You've just got to pull him. you got to pull Dorian Finney-Smith. Just don't play him. That's it. It's that simple. You just don't play him. And I said that's going to hurt their confidence. Well, yeah, it might hurt their confidence, but it hurts the team when you do play him. So I guess you'd rather hurt the team then hurt his feelings and that's why I say this team is coached based on not hurting feelings so um, unfortunately you know when you look like if I if I pull up things like uh, um, and I can do this right here like free agency um, what is it 2022 NBA free agency you know, if you look at this this Mavericks team and who's a free agent after this year, it's it's Dorian Finney Smith, who they're probably bringing back I, because you can get him for nothing. It's Trey Burke, who or he's got a player option. My guess is he picks it up if he's still here. Jalen Brunson, who they if they don't re-sign, then I'll probably sell my fandom. 
and Willie Colley Stein, who I suspect they'll just let him walk. Um, the two two-way guys are restricted free agents, so I'm not really going to count them. So basically, they've got four guys, three guys, because like I said, Trey Burke's got a player option. So if Trey Burke picks it up, they've got three free agents. Well, one of them's guaranteed to resign, or one of them should be guaranteed. I, I say that. But man, I I just don't know about this team right now. Are these this ownership group that Mark Cuban, I should say, not ownership group, but why he didn't just sign Brunson at the beginning of the year boggles my mind. But they're probably gonna sign Brunson and Dorian Finney Smith, which means that's you've got one spot, right? Because everybody's every spot's taken. Trey Burke's gonna pick up that player option. If they make zero moves, this year, they have three free agents, and two of them are probably coming back. And they've got one spot left. Well, that one spot goes to that draft pick. So, unless Dallas makes a trade, they've got no roster spots. So, if Dallas doesn't make any sort of trade, this is the same team we're going to have next year. Think about that. Think about that. If Dallas doesn't make any kind of trade, this is the same team we have next year. Because they will sign Dorian Finney-Smith and they will sign Jalen Brunson. And like I said, Trey Burke is going to pick up his player option. Willie Cauley-Stein will be the one let go. They'll use that spot on their draft pick because your first-round pick gets a guaranteed contract. So he gets a guaranteed roster spot. Um... And that's that's what it's going to be. Um, now, the only way to me Trey Burke's not on this team is if for whatever reason Goran Dragic gets waived and Dallas trades Burke and like a second round pick to clear spot, to clear space. And then they've got Dragic. Well, they probably wouldn't re-sign Dragic. They'd probably sign him for the year and then after this year he'd probably not because Dragic is he even when he was playing he was having a rough go at it he hadn't been playing lately and my guess is if you brought him here I, I don't, he's not going to be a savior he's just not um so it, it's just one of those things where unless a trade is made this is our team for this year and next now in two years you've got a lot more guys coming off the books. You know, Dwight Powell's one of them. But as we've all seen, Dwight Powell's probably going to get re-signed. You know, Maxie's a free agent. Boban, it's, Boban will get re-signed because he's a fan favorite, um, even though you could upgrade that position. Sterling Brown is a guy who, depending on how he plays, and then Frank Nilakina. At this point, I'd re-sign Frank Nilakina now, but... Um, anyhow, it, it's just, it's intriguing to me that the way this roster is, it's like, this is who it is. And I, in my opinion, there's only really two guys on your team that have the ability, ah, I say two, maybe there's three. There's only like three guys on your team that had the, the ability to improve. Um, Jalen Brunson to me, has the ability to improve because he's still a young player. Um, and he's showing you that he is improving. 
Luca does have the ability to improve. Now, he needs to improve by becoming a smarter player. He throws the ball to the other team way too much. He, he's got to stop that. Um, I think Porzingis is who he is. He's been in this league long enough. He, he is who he is. Uh, Josh Green, I, I think he'll be out of the league. Once his contract's up, he's out of the league. Nobody's going to sign him. And the only other guy I could see improving is Moses Brown because he's still such a young and raw player. Uh, he's getting known playing time. He should be getting all of Willie Cauley-Stein's minutes. There's nothing that he can screw you up on that Willie Cauley-Stein doesn't screw you up on. Moses Brown should be getting all those minutes. But it's, it's frightening to think that this is just the team we have for this year and next, and you've probably only got three players with any ability to improve. Everybody else is who they are. They're all veterans. They've all been in the league long enough to just be who they are. Now, I will say one guy is Neil Aquina, who's – I don't know what his role was in New York. I didn't really watch a lot of Knicks basketball, but – I feel like the role he has in Dallas has suited him well and over the role he had in New York. And so that's really helped Dallas out. But we're in trouble here. And there's no way out unless you make drastic decisions. And Cuban's not a drastic decision maker like he used to be. In the, in the mid-2000s, the team was different every year. Come trade deadline, there was always a monster trade and it always involved Dallas. And so that's how it was for 10 years. Well, once they won the title, he went the opposite direction. Now he never makes those trades. And you have a lot of the same guys who are just average players. And this is the one time you need a drastic decision to be made. Um, obviously the most drastic decision would be to trade Porzingis. Now, I don't know who would want him. Uh, you know, Charlotte and Washington were two teams that talked about it last year. I figure Washington's off the table at this point. Unless Dallas would take something like Bertans and maybe Hachimura. Hachimura's not even been playing and they're winning, so they might just decide that he's expendable. But... That's not a good deal for Dallas. Um, Charlotte might be willing to part with like PJ Washington. Um, I don't think they're going to pay all the guys they have, so I think I figure PJ Washington is expendable because I think they're going to want to keep Miles Bridges, and then Lamella Ball here after a few years is up for an extension. They're going to want to keep him, and then obviously they have Gordon Hayward, who even though he's got injury history, he's still a big part of their team. So I figure P.J. Washington's the expendable guy. And I would take him on our team. Um, I think I think that would be a good trade for Dallas in that it would allow them to be flexible in bringing in different players. Um, it would allow them to, you know, because right now they've got so much money invested in Porzingis and he's not producing what he's making. You know, like... Jalen Brunson's producing a lot more than what he's costing you. And, you know, Porzingis is kind of the other way around. He's costing you a lot, but he's hurting you. You know, he, 
you have to play a player like Powell in your starting lineup because you've got to protect Porzingis from foul trouble. Because Porzingis, when Porzingis plays the center position, he fouls really fast. And so that's something you've got to kind of protect him from. And that's one of the reasons Powell plays. Now, they should have upgraded Powell's spot, but they failed to do that. And they won't be able to do that until, like I said, two years from now. So that's where this team's at. I know I just turned it into another complaining session. I've really got to try and quit that. It's really difficult to not do it. i got to find other things to talk about, but it's very tough. Um, I know there's a lot of positive people out there, and I envy them because I just I see things as reality instead of positivity. And the reality is, is this is a bad team. And I don't think that's a negative take. I think it's more of a realistic take. Um, last year, after their COVID incidents, they were a good team. Before the COVID incidents, they were a bad team. Um, this year they're just a bad team I don't know if they can turn it around I think the other teams are so much better that it makes Dallas look worse because Dallas is still rolling with the same lineup so basically it, they just need they need they need changes in their roster and we're not getting it for this year and we're not getting it for next year so Buckle up, because this is going to be a long ride uh, to finish this year and next. So uh, until then, I will probably do a pod Saturday um, after the Spurs You know, play. I'll probably do one Saturday morning. Um, it's kind of what I do on Saturday mornings. I don't do a lot, so I do a pod from Friday night's games when they do play Friday night. Um. So I'll do one Saturday morning and talk about the Spurs game. Hopefully they can get a win. They need all the wins they can get against bad teams because they do have that gauntlet coming up. And I am concerned for the Mavs and Mavs fans when this gauntlet starts. So until then, if you could, if you'd like, you could follow me on Twitter at the Mavs Outsider. Um, if you could rate and review the podcast wherever it is you get your podcast that'd be great uh but until next time we'll see you later